Welcome to the Emerging Temple broadcast. I am Michael Obeya. I will be your guide for the rest of this broadcast. At Emerging Temple, we seek to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind, in which he intends, at the end of time, to raise up a people who will rule with him. Before I go any further, I want to encourage you to like our page, to subscribe to our channel, and if there is a notification bell icon, I would like you to hit that bell so you can be notified anytime we upload new videos. I want to encourage you to like this page so that we can develop the number of likes that we have so that we can come up in the rankings because we have a message that is critical for this hour and this time. So thank you so much for those of you who are already doing so. If you'd like to support our ministry, you can visit our website at templeoftruth.us. That's www.templeoftruth.us. Or you can go to patreon.com and look for our handle, Emerging Temple. Okay? We're also streaming now with the online radio platforms, um, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Music. There's a few others. If you want to see the full list of radio stations through whom we broadcast, you can go to our website, templeoftruth.us. So what, what symbolism do you get from what we, we, we notice about Moses being up there for 40 days, collecting the Ten Commandments, and then coming down on 3,000 people dying, and Jesus um, appearing for 40 days, and after 40 days, sending down the Holy Spirit, and 3,000 people becoming born again. What do you, um, what do you, what does, what does that connote? What does that say to you and I? Were the people, were the people in Moses' time more sinful than the people in Jesus' time? In, sorry, in Peter's time? No, but Jesus restored, the belief in Jesus restored the 3,000? Exactly. That was just it. There was no difference between the people of Moses' time and the people of Peter's time. We were all sinners. But when Moses brought the law of God, it didn't help us. It killed us. How many times have you had your own child or your own parent? Your parent wants, to, wants you to do better, but the way they talk to you demoralizes you. Right? Who's been there? Yeah, Anders, too. Yeah. No, everybody can answer except Dr. K. We know her mom never demoralized her when she was a kid. Mom, you were always perfect, right? She never demoralized us. <laughs> so as a parent, you could love your child, okay, or your children, and you want to encourage them to do something better, but they don't understand that that's what you intend. They become demoralized because the tone of your voice was in a particular way, correct? Correct. Oh, they are children. Exactly. So, in the Old Testament, God told Moses to tell the people, thou shall not steal, correct? Correct. Correct. Did Jesus come and now say, thou shall steal? No. No. So what's the difference between Moses, thou shall not steal, and Jesus, thou shalt not steal. 
was probably his emphasis and he was more dictator-like probably when he gave the message. Ah, uh, nobody's more dictatorial than Jesus. Take it from me. <laughs> I think he's the law. For Moses, he was the law. And for Jesus, he was grace. Um, what does that mean? You're well, on the right track. Well, faith. Um, faith in Jesus is really what, well, the difference between Moses' time and the time of Jesus is... No, what's the difference between Moses' law, thou shalt not steal, and mm -hmm. Jesus' law, thou shalt not steal? Because we all agree that mm. Jesus has not abolished the law. Well, Jesus says that you're saved by, by um, faith in him. And Moses was saying that you were, you know, that you're saved by your works, by following the law. That's correct. But we're going to narrow it down to the question that I asked. My question is direct. What well, is the, the question difference? that you asked? I was answering the question that you asked. That, Sorry, go ahead. That Jesus, that that keeping the law in Jesus' eyes was not a, a pathway to salvation. Now, let me let me rephrase the question. Then maybe I'm not being understood. Jesus, Moses says, "Thou shalt not steal." Correct. Yes. Jesus didn't say, "Thou shalt steal." Jesus agreed. Jesus said, "Thou shalt not steal." But what is the difference based on what we just read about Acts and what we read about Moses giving the coming down of the Ten Commandments? What is the difference between Moses' commandment, thou shalt not steal, and Jesus' commandment, thou shalt not steal. What do you see as the difference? Go ahead, Moses, Liz. the law ended in death, and Jesus' commandment ended uh, when? It ended in, in life because... Very good. Jesus said, Jesus said, don't steal because it's not loving to steal. And Moses said, don't steal because it's against the law. But that's much closer. Moses said, don't steal, but did not give you any ability not to steal. Jesus said to you, don't steal, but he gave you the Holy Spirit so you have the ability not to steal. Do you recall last week we said the letter killeth, but the spirit gives what? Life. Life. Right, right. So we forget too soon. No, we didn't know what you were asking. <laughs> okay, okay. So this is the prince, this thing here we just spoke about this is the fundamentals. When you say fundamentally as a believer, okay, fundamentally as a believer, this is what we believe, that all the requirements that God has of me, I have fulfilled them in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, when I read, thou shalt not steal, 
it's not a commandment to me saying don't steal. It is a reminder to me that I will not steal. Can somebody explain if I want to be sure because Kay just said you guys didn't understand what I'm saying. Can somebody explain to me what they think I just said? When, okay. When All right. The, when the okay, law, we, when, go on. Okay. When the law is there that says thou shalt not steal, then it's put in process what what ended up with being the death or the sin. That sin equals death. But when Jesus says the same thing of not stealing. When you receive Jesus into yourself, you're not you're not not stealing because you're afraid of the law. You're not stealing because Jesus' spirit in you tells you not to do it. What makes you, you not do it? Yeah, it doesn't let that thought come to you. There you go. So when you receive Jesus, you receive the very nature of God. Inside of yourself, you don't want to do those things. How many of you recognize that when you were a sinner in the world, you didn't worry too much about God. You didn't think to yourself that, oh, you did something wrong. Now you're a Christian. You're more sensitive to your sinfulness. You're more afraid of going to hell. You're more afraid of doing the wrong things. But at one point in your life, you did the wrong thing, so you didn't even care. You went back for seconds. So, the, remember we said the, Acts, the book called the Acts of the Apostles is the book concerning the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Remember that? Yes. So what we're looking at is what the Holy Spirit did in the lives of some people. And why we're looking at the book of Acts is because we want to see if we can correlate that with things that are taking place in our lives individually and collectively. Is the Holy Ghost still here today? Let me ask a question before we, maybe I stop here. How many of us on this phone call have received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Amen. Amen. Okay, do you remember... How do you, know, how do you know when you received the Holy Spirit? That was what, what I was going to ask. Can you tell us how and when you received the Holy Spirit, Sister Liz? Um, I think because you... Um, I think for myself, it was a time that I realized I didn't have to be afraid, and I and I I just didn't think of doing things that the thought doesn't even come to me to do things to um okay to not be there and to not you know that would be against the law, but okay. Um, okay, let me go to Billy because she was about to speak. Mm-hmm. Hey, Billy, did you wait? Were you going to tell us when you received the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost? 
No, I was going to say, I suppose the day I said the prayer, um, the prayer that I accepted with the Holy Ghost into the day I became born again, I guess. Um, but, you know, I always doubt myself. Um, okay. I, I've always said this. I'm always doubting myself. So, I don't know. But I, 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 I believe... If, if, if I'm going by what you said so far about how you feel when you do something wrong compared to how you felt before, then I can definitely say that I have received the Holy Ghost and I did on the day I said that the prayer. What what do you call that prayer again? <laughs> okay, let's look at the book of let's look at um this I think some people call it the sinner's prayer. But let's the look at prayer, yeah. Acts chapter eight. Hmm. Okay, so uh, look at Acts chapter 8, and then we can take it. Um, yeah, from verse 12 to 17. Anyone can read, please. Amen. 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 But when they believed, when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, or the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do you notice something here? You can have Jesus, you can be baptized, you can be saved, but you do not have who? The Holy, the Holy Spirit. Spirit. The Holy, the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Okay. Now, quick flip. Let's flip to Acts chapter 19. Okay, verse 1 to 7. Amen. 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 And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Can you say Can that you again? Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Wasn't that the question I just asked everybody? Yes. yes. And yes. some people were saying, well, maybe, um, not sure. Hold on a second. Let me check my phone. 
right? <laughs> okay, that's plain, that's plain, that's plain. All right, go ahead. And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism. Then said Water Paul, baptism. Yes, then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about 12. All right. So you can see here, being baptized in water as a believer in Jesus is one thing, and being baptized by the Holy Ghost is a different thing, correct? Yes. Very yeah. good. When you receive Jesus, you receive what, Dr. K? Salvation. Okay. When you receive the Holy Ghost, what do you receive? Power. You shall receive when the Holy Ghost comes power. Exactly. So when you receive Jesus, you receive salvation. You receive life from the death. Amen? Amen. Every Amen. single one of us on this call has received life because you have been saved, because you dare to believe in that special name that is above all names. And it doesn't matter whether you call him Jesus, Yeshua, Joshua, Jesus, Yeshua. As long as you know exactly who you're referring to, his divine essence will enter into you and you are born again. That means you become more sensitive to the things that God desires of you. Does not mean you yet have power to be those things that God wants you to be. Amen? Amen. That is why we are studying the book of Acts. This is why we have to study the book of Acts. Remember I said, if we try to start reading it chapter by chapter, we'll spend forever. Amen? Amen. But we're Amen. seeing that the book of Acts is actually the book of the Acts of the Holy Ghost. So we now want to transition as a group from the, from the realm of salvation to the realm of power. Now, for that to happen, one of the things you must be willing to do is to go out there. By going out there, I don't mean necessarily going to start at the street junction, whether it's by phone, whatever, to begin to preach Christ, to make it your duty to bring people to what um, Bill and I just referred to as the sinner's prayer. When you talk with people on the phone, don't waste any time. Somebody calls you to say, look, I've been going through a tough time at my job. Someone goes, oh, I'm being evicted. Or somebody says, I'm, being, I'm going through a divorce. Whatever you're talking with somebody about, this, the first thing you say to the person is, you know, after all the niceties are done, you say, let's pray together. And the person, usually, I don't care whether they're Muslim or Hindu, they, they're, they're ready to pray. Then you lead them through the sinner's prayer. Has everybody here led someone through the sinner's prayer on your own before? Yeah. Yes. 
Okay, Liz said yes. Mom, what about you? Amen, yes. Okay. Liz, give me an example of the sinner's prayer that you lead people or person to. Um, I, I work a lot with criminals and with addicts, so I ask them to pray together, and then I ask them to accept through the prayer, we say through the, through, through the asking of Jesus, we ask God to give us the cleansing of what we've done before and to give us the power to not do those things again. And um, that's why I had to think a lot about how how it works, I don't know. But if people will accept that prayer, they have a, a really easy time changing their lives rather than people who say, oh, I won't take drugs again. Well, you know what? They do. Or I won't commit crimes again. Well, they do. But if they accept that they're powerless, and ask Jesus to forgive them and and ask Jesus to bring them the power to help others and to help and just to cleanse themselves and stop doing those things. They have a lot easier of a time. So perfect. When you prayed with them, they asked Jesus to come into their lives. Yes. And to give them the strength to do that which they ought to do. Yes. See, that there is the sinner's prayer. And to reject, and also she said that they were rejecting that was which was evil, re, that it's accepting God and rejecting, you know, the wickedness. Yes, yes. And they need to know once they've prayed that prayer that they should never, ever doubt, regardless of what they do tomorrow, that they are saved because right. that, uh, that prayer is the prayer of salvation. The people Paul met, the people Philip met, they had received Jesus. So they received life. Like that prayer that they prayed to God, they asked God for power, but God understands what they're asking for. They're asking for life. They're asking for salvation. If they want power, then they have to ask Jesus for the Holy Ghost. Are you with me, everybody? Yes. God gives you Jesus, and Jesus gives you the Holy Ghost. God gives you life, and Jesus gives you power. Everybody remember what Peter said when he spoke in chapter 2? when he told the crowd that Jesus has shed forth this when the people thought they were drunk? Why don't we take a look at it? Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Let's take a look at it. Let's go back to last week's chapter 2. Amen. 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 Okay. Okay. Uh, is it chapter, Acts chapter 2? Okay. About verse 17? Uh, let's see. 
No, no, it's not that one. Okay. Okay. I think it's close to the 30s. Yes, chapter 30, um, chapter 2, verse 33. Verse 33. Acts chapter 2, verse 33. So we want to find out who it is that sends the Holy Ghost. Do you want it read? Yes, please. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received the Father, the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth, which ye now see and hear. Good. He hath shed forth this, which you now see and hear. So Jesus has received the Holy Ghost from God and is now giving the Holy Ghost to you and I. Amen? Amen. Amen. But who sent Jesus? God. There you go, God the Father. Okay? And remember in the book of John, Jesus said, don't worry, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send you a comforter. Isn't that what he said? Yes. Good. Yes. yes. So now when you receive Jesus, so when, so when you, you, you're just living your life, the first thing is you look at your life, you want to change, you go to God, and you ask him to forgive you of your sins and you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen. Well, you can go yeah. on for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 80 years and never receive the Holy Ghost. This morning, we can pray. And so those of us who are not sure if we have received the Holy Ghost, we'll be filled with the Holy Ghost now. Amen. 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 All Amen. Right. So if you want us to pray right now, I'm going to pray with us and we're going to ask the Holy Ghost to come and fill us up. For those of us who have already received the Holy Ghost, we will be filled again, which happens severally in the book of Acts. And for those of us who have never received the Holy Ghost, we're going to be baptized for the first time in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dr. K, lead that prayer, please. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Father, you promised us the Holy Ghost comes, we shall receive power and that we would see, receive wonder-working power and we would be able to work more wonders than Jesus himself had worked, yes. Lord. We just ask you, Lord, to lift us from fear, from doubt, from everything that's from doing what you have uh, prepared us to do, that you knew before we were born what we would become, where we would be, all the experiences that we've had, Lord. And we would ask you to cast, help us under our feet once and for all. So yes. he'll have no power over us. Let yes. us, Lord, be lifted up to the, to the highest heaven, Lord. And let yes, us God. be filled with your Holy Spirit 
so yes. that we would have eyes to see and ears to hear those things mm. which you're showing to us that we would no longer walk in fear or in darkness lord that when lord that we would see that this is just part of the experience part of yes. the test that you're giving to us lord and there is let us be able to have that power to be able to see that nothing can separate us from the love of god neither yes. height nor depth nothing there is nothing the, that we will not fear the arrow that flies by night or the um anything that would come to touch us that we would not be afraid because we have you lord and you yes, are god. with us that we would be able to sleep in the midst of the total and that we would be able to walk hard and not sink that we would be able to keep our eyes on you, Lord, and we would be able to run peace, Lord, that no matter I'm not hearing anything. Amen. I'm not hearing anything either. Me too. Yes, yes. It's like think, she faded out. I think uh, Dr. You, King can you, lost can you hear the connection. Me? Yes. Uh, Liz and um, Abeli, can you all hear me? I yes. Can hear you. yes. Okay, let's pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father. Well, thank you. Thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ, whom we have believed in, whom we have believed in, and by whom we are saved. And by Lord Jesus, fill me up with your Holy Spirit. Baptize me with your Holy Spirit that I might receive power. That I might receive power. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Speak to me. Speak to me. Open my ears. Open my ears. That I might hear. That I might hear. Open my eyes. Open my eyes that I might see. That I might see. Touch my nostrils. Touch my nostrils. That I might perceive. That I might perceive. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I have received power. I have received power. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen. 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 If that was your first time ever asking Jesus for the Holy Ghost with the understanding that it was a different experience, a different commandment from receiving Jesus, well, you got it now. Amen. So many people Amen. are walking around thinking they have the Holy Ghost, but they don't. Because it's an experience that is as important as the experience of receiving Jesus. You see a lot of people, they say, I was born a Christian. And you know they're not Christians, right? Because while they might be good people, there was never one day when they stopped and understood what Jesus was about and accepted him into their lives. But guess what? The same thing is happening with many of us. We have never actually stopped 
after we were Christians, to ask Jesus and receive the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. Amen. For everyone on this call today, that is definitely not our testimony, if it ever was. So at least we've taken care of that, which is the reason we're studying the book of Acts. Amen? There's a reason we're studying the book of Acts. Because we started by saying it's not the acts of the apostles, it's the acts of who? The Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ. Exactly. But we call it the acts of the apostles because we actually see men operating. But the power behind that was doing the work was the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so from now on, you will have power and you will see it. Certain things that you were not able to overcome before, you'll overcome them. Certain things that you thought you had a problem with, you will discover that you know you had no problem. Sometimes it's your religion. Amen. Amen. It's not every time you're angry that you're sinning. Sometimes there's something called righteous indignation. Uh-huh. Amen. Yes. So somebody you, Amen. you raise your voice and you you know, like you scream, and somebody says, if you were a Christian, you wouldn't scream like that. <laughs> he said, spare me. If I was a Christian, I'll take a belt like Jesus did and flog you out of the temple. Okay. So yeah. there is no formula with God. The Holy Ghost, Jesus said about the Holy Ghost, he says, he's like the breeze. No one knows from whence he comes, neither whence he goeth. Do you guys remember Jesus saying that about the Holy Spirit? Uh-huh. That yeah. means in 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 um uh, mama logan he might be being very nice and kind and gentle and in k logan he is very aggressive and whatever and you say oh mama k or uh, mama logan has the holy ghost but dr k doesn't have the holy ghost at all if she did she wouldn't be shouting like that <laughs> you, uh-huh. there's no you cannot put the holy ghost in a box Amen. Amen. Jesus will manifest himself anyhow he feels it's needed at that time. Uh So don't go second guessing yourself if suddenly you got angry. Sometimes that anger is what the Holy Ghost needs to express to change that situation. There was a king in the book of Acts, if you all read it, where he was speaking. King, I, I can't remember his name. Is it King Agrippa? I can't remember who or King Herod, Herod or something, Herod, I think. And he was speaking and the people said, ah, oh, this is the voice of a God, not a man. Do you guys remember that? Who read that? Mm-hmm. Yes. What happened to him? He died and was eaten by worms. There you go. He was struck dead by an angel. Oh, by the way, just to give you a heads up, no angel can strike you dead. Just, just a heads up, okay? But he was struck dead by an angel. That is a man that's, that was not a believer, but he was a king in this world. And why did the angel strike him dead? Does anybody remember? Was it because people said he sounded like a god and not a man? No. Okay. Why was it? He began to believe his own uh Exactly. He got drunk on his own. He got high on his own Kool-Aid. He didn't yep. give glory to God. The Bible says, and the angel struck him dead because he didn't give glory to God. Now, this 
is not just a little story. It's a warning to nations. It's a warning to unbelievers. You don't have to be a Christian to acknowledge God. And if you don't acknowledge God, he will bring you down. Look at the whole world, this beautiful world that felt so powerful a year ago from now. Look at everybody now. All of us wearing face masks like bandits. Huh? Don't come close to me. Don't come close to me. Why did you sneeze? Are you okay? Wait, I got to check your temperature. We're all living in fear. Yep. And this is even a baby virus. Imagine if it was Ebola. So we need to give God glory because that is what he created creation for. You're robbing God when you're always talking about how intelligent you are, how smart you are, how rich you are, how fast you are, how this you are. You're robbing God in the name of making yourself look good to someone else. You're not making yourself look good to anybody because if you're, if you're not making yourself look good to God, what does it matter if I think the world of you and God does not? So these are the things that the Holy Spirit has come to do in our lives so that you're no longer living a life where everything is about those people outside. You want people to think this of you, want people to think that of you. Great if people think great of you, but not at the expense of what God thinks of you. And the Holy Spirit is coming now to make us those things God wants us to be. Amen. Amen. All right. I think I've hoarded enough of the time today. So I'm going to, you know, open it up. Let's continue. Um, if anybody has something you want to say and discuss, go ahead. Looks like everybody's still slain in the Holy Ghost, huh? <laughs> no. I, I think that, the, you know, there's some other things here in the book of Acts that you've yes. pointed out in the past, but they don't seem to flow with what we're, what we've been talking about so far. Yes. Go ahead. That's fine. Go ahead. Okay. Because was in Acts chapter seven. Yes. If you look at verse 43. Chapter 7, did you say? Yes, Acts chapter 7, verse 43. Yes. Because I know when we were studying the books of Romans that you we had spoken about the fact that the um, people that we have today that are the so-called um, Jews are not the, the same as the Jews referred to in the book of Romans. But... Um, a lot of us look at that star of David. So I wanted, um, can somebody read Acts chapter seven, verse 43? Yeah, you took up the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your God, Remphan, figures which you made to worship them and I will carry you away beyond Babylon. Okay. I just wanted to point this particular verse out because that star of their God, Remphem, 
that's the star that we call the star of David, the so-called star of David. It's not the star of David. It's the star of the god Remphan. And it was part of the idolatry. Well, it's, of possibly, possibly, it's possibly the star of Remphan. Or maybe not. Um, because what that is, what they have today is actually not a star. It's two triangles, one facing down, one facing up. Do you understand? Even though it's called a star, Mm -hmm. Okay. If you notice, the Islamic color also has a star. Okay. Yes. Right. Now, it's that's a complicated subject, but I don't know why you brought it up now. Is there something you wanted to point out about it? No, that was just something when we had studied the uh, book of Acts before that you had pointed out that particular verse. Yes, yes, yes. But within, okay. Okay, maybe I should let you continue because I'm sure you're trying to go somewhere with this. Well, like I said, it was, it was basically along the same lines that we were looking at that when the, um, when the children of Israel came, were sent into captivity in Babylon and dispersed throughout the, the, um, the known world at that time that they took yes. on a lot of the religions of the area and yes. they brought those into their worship and the same thing happens with us today we read about the um the god moloch and remphan and we just read these things and we don't even bother to look or take any time studying to see what are what does any of that mean and um, it's important because this, this Bible is about us and about our walk. And um, a lot of things that we have in our life that um, even as believers, even as the faithful, that they come from some of these um, pagan worship of some of these other gods. Yes. Brother Mike, can I say something? This is yes, Mom. Yes. Uh, I think in many of our religious groups today that call themselves Christians, people are looking for a symbol to uh, represent them uh, before they meet people. And, and, you know, they're wearing crosses. And I think I made a comment a couple of weeks ago that my grandmother and my mother both would say to People, are you wearing that cross or are you bearing the cross? Yes. And uh, we don't need a symbol because if we are bearing the cross, it comes through yes. in our behavior and relationships with God and with man. Correct. Yes, exactly. Because if you go on to verse... 44 and 45 it basically answers that right there because it says our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness as he had appointed speaking unto moses that he should make it according to the fashion that he had seen which also our fathers that came after brought in with jesus into the possession of the gentiles whom god drave out before the face of our fathers unto the days of david that um, yeah. You fade out? Sorry. 
you, you, you faded out. Before the face of our fathers unto the days of David. That's what we missed. Yeah. Okay. So we have we have a witness. The Holy Spirit is our witness. So you're right, Mom, that we don't need a symbol of our faith. That the Holy Spirit is the is our faith. That's the witness in us. That's why we speak about the faith walk. Can I interject here? Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. Abele had said that she studied up to a certain part of Acts. Abele, do you remember where you stopped? I did... 20. Did we lose her? I did, I did up to I six. I can hear. I did six, and then I did 20, 21. So you I went did, from, you said you went from six to 20? Yeah, I didn't do in between. I just, I just had a look and I, I found I read them before. So I just went to 20 and 21. Okay, okay. And then right. I did, I read six also. Okay. What? Yeah. Let's take a look at 20 and 21 then. Okay. Tell us. Take a look at it and then talk to us about it, if you don't mind. Okay. So this was about Paul's visit to Greece. Yes. And he, you know was just talking about how he went from, you just mentioned different towns, different Greek towns on this chapter. Yes. How he went from one town to another, um, recounting the, you know, the problems he had um, with, the, with the Jews and, um, and then, you know, just really ministering words to encourage them. Um, to continue with the grace of God. There's nothing really stood out for me here on this chapter, right. to be honest, um, okay. except, except for the fact that I just thought in my head, well, no, why Greece was always being referred to as Asia and, <laughs> and why, you know, how he traveled, you know, how he traveled all the way from, right. from Israel to, to Greece. Um, right. And I just thought also, you know, when people talk about the gospel of God um, being um, just um, a Middle East religion, that's how some people choose to see it. And yeah. what I learned from last week and this week is just even right there in the Bible, we could see how, he, you know, the, the gospel was already taken out of Israel and it was already going to the land of the Gentiles. We went to to Greece and last week we talked about the multitude that came from different parts of the world and yeah. witnessed this gospel. So so that's really what stood out for me when I read when I read this. Okay. This part. Yeah. There's there's something in chapter 20 that I think all of us should take note of. Mm -hmm. And if your Bible has um red letters for the words of Jesus, you'll probably notice in, in verse 35 that there's a red letter phrase that is um, 
ascribe to Jesus, correct? Yes, Lord blessed to give than to receive. Now, you know, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there is no such statement, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so this must have been something you said that was just wasn't written down by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But who was he, who was Paul saying this to? To the Greeks? Now look at verse 17. From my letters, he sent to Ephesus and called for the, the elders of the church. All right. So what we are reading here is not what Paul said to the church. It's what Paul said to the leaders, to the elders. Yeah. Look, so read for us from verse um, 32 to 35. Anyone? Amen. Amen. I commend you now to the Lord and to that gracious word of his, which always can enlarge you and give you a share among all who are consecrated to him. Never did I set my heart on anyone's silver nor gold or envy the way he dressed. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have served both my needs and those of my companions. I have always pointed out to you that it is by such hard work that you must help the weak. You need to recall the words of the Lord Jesus himself who said there is more happiness in giving than receiving. So he's telling the pastors, while I was with you, you saw my way of life. I kept a job. I paid my bills. And those who came with me, I also worked to provide for them. And teaching you that in this way, you yourself should labor. Remember that Jesus said, it is more blessed for you, pastor, to give than to receive. Did you see that? I like that. Yes. Now, does that mean we shouldn't give pastors something? Of course not. The Bible says God has ordained that those who preach the gospel should live off the gospel. Paul received gifts. Mm -hmm. But the ministry is not designed by God to be a job from which you have rights to be paid. Amen. 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 Now, Mr. Bella, you read all this and you didn't notice that. I actually did. Now you said it, I remember. That, 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 <laughs> yes, I did. You think, because I did. if you forget verse 17, you will think yeah. this applies to everybody. Because when yeah. you go to church, what do they tell you when it's time for offering? The pastor stands up and tells you, remember the Bible says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. <laughs> and all of us will be so scared. We start dipping our hands into our pocket, <laughs> pulling out our last dime, not knowing this was a commandment from God to them. <laughs> you see, that's why we study the word. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Is that mm -hmm. not so? Yes. So now when you go to church and you don't have money, you don't feel like you did something wrong. Now, let me say something. This is what I do know. If you are filled with the Holy Ghost, if you do have Jesus in your life, you want to support the ministry. Okay? You want to do what you can to keep the man of God 
to be to have what he needs so that he can spend time caring for people. Amen. Amen. So, Amen. so now we're going from the Old Testament. Remember, we're going from Moses' law to Jesus' gift. So Jesus wants you to willingly support the ministry, but he does not want the ministry to extort from you. He doesn't want the ministry to make you feel like you didn't support so something is wrong with you. Are we, are we seeing that the same thing we've been talking about, about the difference between the letter and the spirit? Amen. That's, yes. what, that's, that's what this is all about, to set us free. For us to know we cannot earn anything from God. Okay? If God died for you, if Jesus gave his life for you, how can you only give him 10% of what you earn? No, just think about that. Do you know why he only took 10% from people in the Old Testament? He only saved them from Egypt. He didn't save them from eternal destruction. He saved you and I from eternal destruction. And at the end of the month, we make $3,000. We give him 300 bucks and we say, hey, Lord, man, I'm faithful. I paid my tithes. Can you point out one place in the New Testament where Peter, Paul, John, or anyone ever received tithes from the members of the church? While you do that, play that music dun, 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 in your head while you're thinking. <laughs> There's nowhere. There is not one place in the New Testament where the apostles, I mean, come on, something as fundamental as that, not Timothy, not Titus, nobody talked about the tithe. In the Old Testament, the tithe was money. In the New Testament, Kay, what's the tithe? The tithe is the harvest of souls. Amen. The tithe in the New Testament is some people from the church. Remember, during the time of Moses, there was no printing press, so they didn't print cash. So they grew food, they kept sheep, and so you brought a tenth of that to the Lord. Amen? Amen. And you recall that Jesus told the apostles, he says, look at the fields. The field is blooming, but there are no, um, what's, what was the word? It was? Oh God, does anybody remember what I'm talking about? When he said the harvest is ripe. Okay, let's let's please let's look for that and then we can close. Where Jesus in the New Testament, I think in the book of Matthew somewhere. Where he said the harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. Mom, do you remember that one? Yes, but I don't know where it is. Okay, let's look for that. I've read that many times. Matthew chapter 9, verse 37. Okay, let's, let, let's, let's go to that. Abele, can you read that for us? Matthew 9, 27, yeah. verse 37. 37. Amen. Hold on, I'm, I'm still trying to get... 
Amen. I'm there. Okay. Amen. Okay. Amen. Amen. Thirty-seven and th what? Take it from verse thirty-six to thirty-eight. Okay. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered, like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, "The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray." the Lord of the harvest, to send out laborers into his harvest. Amen. So Amen. he looked at the people and he considered the people to be the harvest. Is that not so? Yes. yes. But he didn't have ministers enough to go and minister to them. So he said we should pray to God to raise up more ministers to go do the work. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think also we should look at Luke chapter 10, verses 1 and 2. Okay. Luke chapter 10. Verses 1 and 2. Go on then. Amen. 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 After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place, whither he himself would come. Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Amen. Amen. Now, what I wanted to point out to us was that when Moses talked about the tithe, he was always talking about the harvest. Amen? Amen. When they would collect weeds and grains, he would say, take 10% and give to the Levites. And the Levites would take 10% of that 10% and give to the priests. Right? Yeah. Now, Jesus himself has told you that in his kingdom, the tithes are, the, 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 sorry, the harvest are people. Right? Right. So going yeah. by that logic, the tithes have to be what? Money or people? People. People. There you go. So in the New Testament, tithes are a special people from among the Christians. Are you one of them? Yeah. Do yes. you understand what we've been talking about this morning? Yes. If you do, yeah. you're certainly one of them. That's how you know them. Among the Christians, if they don't understand what we're talking about, they're not part of the tithe. It's just simple. So you don't have to quarrel with anybody. If somebody doesn't understand what we're talking about, even though they're born again Christians and they love God, they are not among the tithe. They've not been elected. This is the, this, what you just heard is the God truth. So your money, 90% of it doesn't belong to you. Don't believe that. 100% of your money belongs to Jesus Christ because you gave your life to him. Hello? Amen. Doesn't that just make sense? How can you say you gave your life to somebody, but then some of your money is yours and some is his? What's more valuable, your money or your life? Your life. Okay. So how can somebody own your life, 
Paul said, he died for us that we who live might no longer live to ourselves, but live unto him who died for us. Is that not so? Yes. He gave his life as a ransom for many. So I want us to elevate our consciousness to the consciousness of the Holy Ghost and come away from childishness and earthly things because you are the sons of God. That's who you are, the sons of God. And son is not masculine because the Bible says in Christ, there's neither male nor female. Okay? Sonship mm -hmm. just means a title given to you by God. One day we will talk about sonship. Amen. But Mike, can yes. we look at Amen. one more one more scripture? It's right. John John chapter four, John chapter four, verses thirty-four through thirty-eight. I'm there. Amen. Amen. Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are yet four more months, and then cometh the harvest? Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon you bestowed no labor. Other men labored and you are entered into their labors. Amen. 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 Hey, what was that uh, chapter and verse in Luke that uh, I didn't get there in time to mark it? It was Luke chapter 10 verses one and two. Thank you. All right, so I think we're kind of done with the book of Acts. It's, it's pointed out to us the things we wanted to see about the Holy Ghost, his work in us. He's taking us from the Old Testament way of thinking to the New Testament way of thinking. I hope every one of us is aware that the New Testament only came into effect when the Holy Spirit came. Are we, did we know that? Amen. Do we know that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is Old Testament? Amen. In your Bible, you will see New Testament, and then the next thing you see, it will say Matthew, correct? Correct. Those are the Gospels. Now, remember, a testament, according to the book of Hebrews, is a will. Amen? Amen. Ah. Amen. And in the book of Hebrews... Paul says a testament or a will is not in force until the death of the testator. Amen. What is a testator? That's the, the person, person who, who wrote it. The person who wrote it, correct. The person who left the will, correct. So if I want to leave my car to my son and it's, I said so in my will, while I am alive, can my son come and take my car? No. no I must no. die first. So Paul says a will 
is not enforced until the death of the testator. So testament means will. So the Old Testament ended when the testator, Jesus Christ, died on the cross and said, it is finished. That is why Paul referred to him as being born under the law. Does anybody remember that scripture? Okay, I have to show that to you because I know I've opened up a new territory that will follow up during the week in conversations online if you want. Okay, let me look for that for you. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. Very good. Man, Dr. K, you're like a, you don't even need a computer. <laughs> just needs to go. Lady doesn't need a computer. It's like, all I got to do is just say, please pull this up. And all right. Please read verse 4 for us. Can I have Amen. mom read verse 4 for us, mom? I'm, I'm not there yet. I got this new Bible and the pages won't turn. Okay, good. Let's wait for it to turn. Give me the scripture again. I quit, I quit looking. Okay, Galatians chapter 4. See, the Holy Spirit knew that. Galatians chapter 4. That's right after uh, 2 Corinthians. Almost there. I should give the, the Bible to the puppy to play with so that I can get the pages crumpled. <laughs> <laughs> then I wouldn't have anything left. So I want to read okay, um, chapter four, what verse? Four and five. I, I've got those marked. Good. But when, the, but when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive adoption of sons. Amen. Amen. So Jesus was born under the law. So when did the law end? Anybody? When Jesus rose from the dead. When Jesus died on the cross, he, what did he say? What was his last statement? It is finished. What did he mean was finished? Was it the end of the world? Was it the end of his life? The end we know of the he old lives way. forever. Huh? The end of the old way. The end of the Old Testament. It is finished. Its requirements have been fulfilled. Nobody can put any claim on anyone anymore concerning the Old Testament. Now, what the father wanted the children to have will go to them because the father has laid down his life for them. But to this day, the children don't have anything because they don't understand what is in their father's will. Yes. And, we, and they have very crooked attorneys. <laughs> yeah, I think they have to read verse 6 and 7 also. Can mom read verse 6 and 7 also? Yeah, I got a mark. <laughs> okay. 
And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. An heir of God through Christ. So the New Testament comes in after Jesus died. But I want to say something. Between Jesus' death and the coming of the Holy Ghost, yes, we're in the New Testament, but we do not know what our Father has left us. So he sent an attorney. We call him the Holy Spirit to come and make known to us what was written and given to us, what the gifts were. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Yeah. But then there are other people who are trying to contest our father's will. Okay? They're claiming that they are related to our father and because they're somehow related to our father, they too should have a share. Okay? And their attorney is called Satan and they're called demons. <laughs> That's why we call them liars. I mean, lawyers. <laughs> okay so so we're struggling so right now your their things your 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 not you're, god wants for you you don't even want for yourself because you don't even believe that you have a right to want to have that and i'm talking material things and i'm talking spiritual things that belong to the sons jesus did you ever see jesus hungry because there was no food when he was hungry it was because he chose to fast when it was time to pay his, his his temple tax he told peter go to the sea catch a fish the first one you catch open his mouth you'll see money for you and i mm. but he said greater works that that i do shall you do because i go to the father in your behalf but every day we still live in fear of money, money, money. We still live in fear, even though our stomachs are full. Because there is an enemy on the other side that keeps whispering in our ears, asking us, are you really sons? Are you really children of God? If you're really child of God, you wouldn't have done what you did yesterday. You wouldn't have said what you said this morning. And you doubt. And because you doubt, you don't have the fullness of what Jesus has purchased for you. Amen. Let's pray. Amen. So I solicit your prayers. I solicit your support. Okay. I want to thank you for your time. For those of you who have been faithful, you know, supporting this work, for being involved, sharing these videos. Okay. Don't be, don't, don't, don't get weary. Don't be weary. Don't get tired. Your strength is supposed to come brighter and brighter every day. Okay. Keep pressing on Share these videos with your family and friends. Start watch parties on Facebook. Go over these videos so your friends and family can discuss it. Okay? And continue to write us. Write me through Facebook. Write me through you know, the, the comment section here on YouTube. Okay? So I want to encourage you. Thank you so much for the way you've been supporting us. Thank you so much for all that you've been doing. We really appreciate it. Remember what I said. If you want to continue listening to us, you can always go. Okay? To our website, you can see the online menu channels, 
Like you can get us through. Like I mentioned um, Apple's iTunes, I met Apple iTunes, I mentioned um, Spotify, and I think Google. You can also, you know, there are other platforms also through which you can hear us through audio. Okay. I want to encourage you to subscribe to our channel and to, you know, hit the like buttons, hit the like buttons. I can't say that enough. Every time you watch these videos through YouTube, hit the like buttons. Now, if you're watching through Facebook or you're watching through some other video like WhatsApp, it's not going to show here, so you won't even see a like. But if you're watching through YouTube, I want to encourage you, or Facebook, wherever it is, I want to encourage you, hit that like button. Okay, hit that like button. It matters to us. Okay, thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for everything that you've been doing, you know, by watching our videos. 